Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you may be. I am Nicole BZ, the creator and creative behind this podcast, You Know Everything. I get why people pre-record their intros now because saying this, especially when I'm recording a handful of episodes, like feels super wanky. But I said this at the beginning of the last one, I've gotten a lot of mixed feedback and this episode is for you, my friend. So whether you are joining me for the first time or you've listened to, I think there's almost a hundred of these at the moment. I also mentioned this in the last episode, we're rounding out two years, which is pretty wild. But yeah, it's like you can't make all the people happy all the time. It's actually what we're going to be talking about today. But, you know, I think intros are nice and they're especially welcoming for anyone who would qualify themselves as new. They're perhaps anchoring for those of us who have been here every week. You are my favorite. You know who you are. I know who you are. And I also think of it almost as like a declaration, this idea that we can shift paradigms and perspectives. We are powerful. This is 21st century tech and solutions. This is CEO stuff. This is executive coaching. This is like the whole kit and caboodle for free. And that's what I love about creating this and my art and declaring my artistry is it does get to be something that is truly mine and for me and for you, obviously. But I think making art really needs to start with your own like (laughs) masturbation. (laughs) Wow. Coming in hot, BC. A A friend of mine who, if you passed him on the street, you would turn your head and think, artist just told me they they only like last week decided that they are an artist. They have literally been creating art professionally since they were 16 years old. And I think we've pedestalized this idea of artist. We've probably commodified this idea of podcast as well as for some reason, like, um, you know, packaged spoken word doesn't get to be as cool as like slam poetry at your local coffee shop. Does, is that even a thing anymore? Did I just date myself? I've been dating myself a lot this week. And I think I'm just going to embrace the fact that the only thing worse than a middle-aged white man is a middle-aged white woman. (laughs) Okay. This is, this is quite possibly the earliest I've ever recorded a podcast. I realized last night that this episode had some technical difficulties, but I was not ready to admit defeat. (laughs) I woke up this morning, double checked and thought, okay, let's do this. Let's get back into this. And I also, before we really get into it, just want to say, I think the title might be my best title yet. (laughs) And I um, am either a genius trailblazing titles or quite possibly the most confusing and misleading title creator that has existed. Only time will tell. I hate that that's like so many of my bets are long games. And I always say the jury is out. I get I get lots of compliments. My ego loves them, especially in terms of my work. But I take I take crazy risks. And I think this title might have been one of them. So like I said, time will tell. Cream puffs, where I'm going with that. CRM. I did a little bit of research. I'm I'm also jumping on the AI bandwagon and content like actual written copy is not very hard for me to come up with. Now, the quality is debatable, but I'm not want for ideas and things to talk about. If you know me, talking is not 
It's not something I uh, struggle to do. Making a point, focusing, succinct. These are these are things that one could one could have an opinion about. But I dabbled in in the the chat GPT to just ask, like, what are some of the biggest problems that business owners are facing right now? What are the things that professionals and people who are committed to this vision and bringing their dreams into reality. And if, you, if you've been playing with the, with the chat GPT, and I actually, I've been using another platform, Copy AI for a while, and it's, it's useful. It kind of gives me a springboard for my ADHD AF brain that's watching all of the television channels at once. It's helpful to have anything. <laughs> reel me in. And I'll, I'll, I really will use anything. I can almost look at my, my engagement with the universe as like an Oracle deck. So if I, if something catches my attention, I literally choose to believe that that's actually a message for me and, or something I should probably pursue or investigate or take a little bit more seriously. And so when I went through what the chat GPT gods said are the biggest and most pressing issues, this is the one that actually like caught my attention. And I thought it's so interesting because I've recently had what I thought were some pretty amazing experiences in terms of customer service. And by amazing, I mean, there's been some shockingly bad customer service, American Express, <coughs> Oof, gosh, corporate America, eh? And then there's been some customer service I've received that was so over the top, fantastic. It actually allowed me to over like, I don't want to say oversee, but to move past some pretty impactful problems, like problems that actually like fucked my shit up for a minute. But the service was like so amazing that I kind of went, okay, I guess, I guess we're just going to be moving on. I'll share, I guess I'll share the stories. I think I talked about one of the stories earlier where a product creator and service provider who I've been following for years and years and, you know, slowly been, I bought the $30 thing, then I bought the $100 thing, then I I recently bought the five figure thing. And I, it's a, it's a tech product. It's a software solution that helps with my calendar. And it's pretty heavy lifting in terms of the knowledge and skills you need to just be able to use the damn thing. So the creator knows this. They have created this entire sort of learning library. And then they go live once a week. And then there's also recorded Zooms that are like a little bit longer and more in depth that you can watch monthly. And so um, I had I had reached out prior to investing in this, I, I consider a five-figure investment, something significant. So I'd reached out and just said, hey, I just want to make sure these lives aren't happening on Facebook because I am not on Facebook. And the response was, you don't have to be on Facebook in order to get the most out of this product. Okay. The lives are on Facebook. <laughs> I have a little, I have a little thing about Facebook after the great hack of 2020. I just, I won't do it. And I don't care if, if, if I have to go get a fucking day job because you have to be on Facebook or meta to, I don't know, whatever you think the rules are like, I don't care. I like, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not doing Facebook. There's also so many other, anywho, this rant is not about that focus busy. So I was having a day. I think I was like, actually like, you know, there's like the PMS day where you kind of know like, oh, I'm having sociopathic thoughts. I'm not a homicidal maniac. I must be PMSing. This was like the day before that day where you're like, oh my God, the end of the world is nigh. Everything is out to get me. 
I must go into full battle mode and armor up, or I'm like ugly crying on the floor because nothing makes sense. And I have surrendered to the dark, dark forces that are upon me. So yeah, I was having one of those days when I sent this email and I, I, I did take a moment to think like, are you being a brat or is this a valid complaint? And in full defense, I wanted to advocate for myself. I felt like I had asked the right questions. I felt like this was a significant enough investment. And I wanted the creator and and provider and sort of face of this business to realize like, hey, I was misled. (laughs) I asked a question and I feel like I've really missed out. I feel like I, you know, I created all of this time and space. I put time on my calendar, which means I'm saying no to business. And like all of that was ignored. The response I got was really sorry that happened. Here's all of the other resources available to you. And part of me was like, whoa, that was so cut and dry. But most of me felt seen, heard, and told. <laughs> like, This person doesn't have the same bullshit with Facebook. In fact, most people are on Facebook. It's a great place for them to both build community and engage with their community. And if I don't want to participate in that, that's not their problem. It was such a clean, energetic exchange for me. And and like this is why I always talk about it's how you feel. It's how you think. It's the intention and purpose behind the action. You can do the exact same thing, but the way it's received is going to wholly depend on the way you are feeling when you take that action. This person has thousands of people that buy. I don't know if that's every day or how often, but what I do know is they've set up their business the way they want and they are fully entitled to that. And if I don't want to participate in components of that, I am also entitled to that. This isn't a problem. This isn't something that needs any more energy than I was certainly giving it. And I got permission to just be like, okay, I guess it's time to move on then. So that provider has been so consistent and in everything else that they do that I do get to engage with, it's above and beyond. Like they over deliver consistently. And I just wanted to point that out because it could, I could have so easily, especially like in the day that I was having, it really could have been perceived as shitty customer service. But what was happening was that they were totally honoring their business, their culture, their priorities, their products, and their confidence in knowing they've got their CRM down, their customer relationship management. So that was the first example I wanted to share. The second example, uh, if you're anywhere in my Discord community, the container, if you're not in there yet, it is free to join. It is a fantastic way to onboard into Discord, which is a, you know, I'm just going to say it's a pretty hip happening little community uh, platform. This is my answer to socials because socials are not going to get a lot of me. They'll get like the the very edited <laughs> a trailer, if you will. And I, I, I like clearly enjoy this, this connection that we have and I do best in, in actually much smaller situations. Don't get me wrong. I love crowds. I am not the social anxiety person. I am a hardcore extrovert. I'm like the energy vampire. I'm sucking all your energies when I'm in your physical presence, but I, I, I thrive when I feel like each connection that I have gives me this opportunity to go deep. 
And that's just, I don't know, socials feels like it's like, it's like small talk at the degenerate table at a wedding. I just, I, I kind of don't know how to, how to navigate there. And I, I do feel like I've gotten over the, like, I don't get it. I get it. I just don't just let up. So anyhow, join me in the container and get on the loop. If you're still an email person, I, I do share some, some different stuff in the loop. Actually, the the loop tends to get my thoughts like preformed and it's a very real time check-in. I try to keep it pretty personal as well. That's the email newsletter, BTWC titles. They're my thing. Container loop, cream puff. It's all for you. Uh, so, okay. Back to the motherfucking episode. I hired some cleaners. I mean, I, they're like scheduled regularly. I have a property that I rent and it, you know, we had one of those, like, what are they? Oh my God. I used to be so much more in the game. This, uh, we had 12 people staying like every bed, every sheet, every dish, like every towel. It was pretty intense. They were all dudes as well. And we had guests checking in. So the cleaners show up and, you know, go to start cleaning the bathrooms upstairs. There's no water. And this was weird. Like, so yeah, I call a plumber. My partner calls the city. It turns out a water main had broke a couple doors down. And so the city was repairing it, but we had no water. And I have this like kind of house, massive house that I need fucking cleaned. I mean, imagine like cleaning a house with no water. So I run to the shops. I try and I was like, oh, wow, you know, you know, you've got privilege problems when you're buying water to clean your house. But the cleaners were were incredibly flexible. The head of the crew was so lovely and so positive and just a chatty Kathy and so flexible. And, you know, she assured me that she's got the right so like chemicals, solutions. It's all like green stuff because I'm a nerd like that. But, you know, the right combinations of things that she could get around it. And just, you know, got to work. And when they left, we did a little walkthrough. And I mean, look, done is better than perfect as far as I'm concerned. So I I kind of let them go. I knew it took them a lot longer. They were here extra time. Thankfully, I had done 18 loads of laundry the night before in preparation. Otherwise, it would have been an actual disaster. I mean, it wouldn't have been an actual disaster. There are real disasters going on. And that's what she kept saying was like, I am so sorry. And I was like, lady, there are real problems in this world. This is not one of them. But then but then I, I somehow manifested a real problem. So a few, several hours later, I, I mean, it was like 11, 12 o'clock at night. I was having, I'm not usually up that late, but I haven't been, I'm in one of my like, oh, it's full moon stuff. I'm also blaming everything on this full moon, but Leo, anywho, um, woo stuff. So I somehow managed to hear the dripping water. I go into the master bedroom, which is on the second floor and there's water like pouring through the light fixtures in the ceiling. And so I run upstairs to the bathroom that's above that. And I turn the water off. There's like no indication of what could be going on. I'm like, fuck, a pipe is burst. And then get my partner out of bed because he is in construction and can fix. I mean, he could build a house little and fix anything. So he starts tinkering around. He immediately goes into the other bathroom, duh, busy, and realizes because they had turned the faucets on, and that would have literally been where they started, they realized that the water didn't work. And somehow the drain had been plugged. I don't know if it was the cleaners or the old guests or what. It doesn't really matter. The bathtub had completely filled up. The bathroom had completely flooded. The water was now pouring through whatever wall junctions into the room below. Yeah, not not fun at, at midnight, not fun with hardwood floors. Again, privilege problem. But my first reaction, if I'm being totally honest, was I am calling that cleaning company and like, this is fucking bullshit. And then I realized, okay, that's a fun old story, BZ. But there's like, 
they turned the faucets on and no water came out. So of course they didn't think like, you know, the, the main concern is what the hell is going on here. And we didn't know, we didn't have any answers. And so we very quickly kind of moved past like the initial turning of the faucet on. And again, I don't know who like stopped the drain up. And my partner actually like ripped the, some of the light fixtures out of the ceiling to like let the water pour through. But at that point, I think most of the, like very, very little came in. And, and quite honestly, that right there, that choice created the most damage. We were able to get a fan and dry everything out. We just caught it so early. So lucky. So it like, I, you know, I thought about this woman, I thought about her crew. I thought about how lovely they had been. And the last thing I wanted to do was create a problem. I didn't want to complain. I, I, they had, they had gone above and beyond again, over delivered. They, she had, she had done quite a few different things to just compensate for the fact that there was no water. And like at the very least she cleaned the dang house, but the way she made me feel and her levity and joy she brought to the job, to cleaning a house absolutely overcame the not just obstacle in the moment of the fact that there was no water, but then the fact that like, I think it would have been pretty easy to blame the cleaners and to have at least gotten, you know, a free cleaning day, whatever. And it was the customer service that truly kept me, kept me on like the right side of the fence. And I'm glad actually I'm re-recording because I, I neglected to make this point yesterday. When I did a little bit of research, and I don't I don't share the stats and the science and the data. I made that decision when I first started this podcast. I don't need to prove myself. Like if you want to go read studies, there there will be hundreds that will prove any point you want. <laughs> like this isn't about me trying to convince you of anything. I think that's often what the stats and the data are for. Is it's like ammunition for an argument. This is just me sharing. Like I said, this is my art. This is the things that are floating around in my head that I feel like when we can switch perspective, when we can empower ourselves with the intention and purpose that is going to get us what we want in the most efficient way, we can quite literally do anything. And so customer service is so critical especially with everything that's been happening in the last few years, like the last five years have been banana bonkers. When I think about what I was doing in 2018, I was, I had just taken an executive position at a cannabis company. I went to an office. I wore like a powered suit. (laughs) It was not cute. I was wearing all of this like environmental ethically made, just like boxes. Anywho, not the point. Point being, a lot has changed. But what has allowed people to survive? What has allowed business to survive? What has allowed people to go from furloughed to unemployed to employed to laid off to new industry? Customer relationship management. I mean, you can think about that as networking. You can think about that as making friends. You can think about that as building loyalty. But what the, the so two things here. The number one factor for success in terms of longevity in business is customer loyalty. The number one way business empowers their own culture and relationships to prioritize customer service is by giving, I always call it the infantry, the people on the ground level, the people that are customer facing, giving them full autonomy and the ability to make decisions to service that customer immediately. Now, I can't tell you how many business owners I've worked with that white knuckle 
their staff. They kind of think their staff are doing a crappy job or just like a very average job. They're comparing their staff efforts to their own, which I think is just, you want to talk about like a downward spiral. No one will ever work harder in your business than you. Like just let that one settle. No one will ever work harder in your life than you. No one will ever work for your dreams more than you. (laughs) So it might feel like a really big responsibility, but the flip side of that is as we start growing and as we do start relying on others in order to to be efficient and to get our needs met, when we can empower those others to do exactly what they need to do to be successful, that is how you create like memorable service, service that overcomes obstacles. And when you start with a culture that empowers that, that honors that, that prioritizes that, you will build loyalty. I promise you it is a guarantee. It might take longer. You know, I think what we've seen and I think what web 3 is almost a whiplash to is the automation that, you know, we've 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 employed a lot of tools because there is this expectation that people have that you will get back to them immediately, that there will be an a, like immediate response. And on the one hand, I, I personally feel like that's impossible and I could very easily get overwhelmed with that, especially when we talk about social media. And also I can recognize that as an expectation as almost like a creative constraint within which I get to play. So my first little tip with customer service management, especially when you're getting started, and I don't care if you've got a job or if you're an owner or what, start to create like an FAQ, if you will. And and you can think about that in whatever structure or system you want. But when you get asked the same question, quite honestly, more than once, templatize that response. So whether it's an email template, whether you've got, you know, kind of a running list on your phone where you're just kind of keeping notes, but this is the very beginning of building a process so that you can potentially outsource it, or you can just make it more efficient. You create certainty around it. You can send it to somebody if they ask. You can teach it to somebody if they need to know. And most importantly, you can refer back to it Because especially just in personal human interaction, we've most likely explained our own service requirements and expectations to the people around us. Whether they heard that or whether they give a shit is very different. And they are allowed to not have the same values as you. That's where we get into boundary building. Have you you checked out the People Pleaser's Guide to Building Better Boundaries? This is my my own shameless plug in the middle of an episode. We are all meant to prioritize different things and have different values. That is what creates the fabric of of the world. <laughs> but yeah, it's frustrating when someone doesn't think what's most important to you is important. It's it, it, it lots of things can come up. It can also just be as simple as a value conflict where we just need to make space for it. That's what customer service is all about. Is is understanding what it is that your people want if you're willing to give it to them and how. I'm going to share another fun example because it God, it cracks me up every time I think about it. So friends of mine own like a very upscale shop. I don't want to get too into it, but uh, I haven't gotten permission to share the story. They are husband and wife team and you know they run everything. There's an event space in the back. They have positioned their business as an expert. So people buy their product because it's something different it's been very purposefully curated. It's small batch. They can't get it anywhere else. And with that type of product, the culture is, I don't want to say exclusive, but 
if you want to, if you want to attend any of the events in the back, that needs to be booked pretty far in advance. You, you kind of need to know what you want going into the shop because you're probably not going to be familiar with most of the products your first time in there. Now you can sign up for their newsletter. You can attend some of their regular events. Like there's lots of ways to get into this community. But if you're one of the like outermost rings, concentric rings of of customers, there's probably not going to be a lot of time for you. Again, it's a very small business. It's a local business, a husband and wife team running it. And people come in when they think it's open because they will be there setting up before opening hours and the doors open because distributors are dropping off product. And they just walk in or they, they expect a certain level of attention when the, there's other things going on. Like as an example, distributors are in there selling product. And then, you know, you've got this customer that's demanding all this time and attention. And so they'll get kind of like critical reviews, especially on Google saying they didn't get any attention and they were, you know, the, the, the service was really curt or, you know, they, they weren't recommended products. It was as if the people were just trying to shuffle them out. And my friend responds to every single, every single review, or at least she was, they might've gotten too big for that now, but her response to comments like that was YTA, you are the asshole. <laughs> like, and that is so culturally consistent with the two of them, with their business. Firstly, they're always having fun. If you're the kind of person that's going to get offended by that, I mean, firstly, if you're the kind of person that's going to leave like a narky Google review, like they don't want your business. Your customer service can also be a filter for the people you don't want to serve. So back to the FAQ, you know, all they would need to like, they could put some signage up that says, Hey, like if you're in here before three in the afternoon, just because the door is open, doesn't mean we're open. Like read the sign, you know, like they could have some fun with it. They don't, they just, that's again, not their culture. Anytime you feel like you're in an industry, if you're in online products, if you're in online, anything, I keep getting told this by web three, uh, diehards, like you have to be online all the time and you have to respond immediately. I mean, okay. Like I get that that's the expectation. I am also, I, I, that, that expectation was set by people who have burnt the fuck out or actual robots. So I have no intention of being either of those. However, I can employ robots to help manage that, have an automatic response, let people know the most frequently asked questions, point people to where they can get those questions answered. If you've got that infrastructure, let people know how long it will take for you to get back to them, like manage your people's expectations. So the next thing is, is like, you don't have to make this up. You don't need to be psychic. You can just ask them, how did we do? I think for customer service, the real metric is, is would this person buy again or would they refer you? The number one strategy is word of mouth. Again, whether you're an individual in a professional setting or you're a business owner trying to scale, you're just getting started. You're an artist. like, And for so many of us, especially now, I know social anxiety and being an introvert and being shy, like so many of these things are popping up in a way that they just never have before. And I'm not a big one for blaming blaming the way things are. I'm, I prefer to accept what's happened and then ask, okay, so what do we do with this? And an FAQ, an automated response, understanding your customer's expectations, and then being able to meet them in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming, that doesn't feel intimidating or like panic inducing. That's for you to figure out my friend, but you can ask, you can use social media. You can use something like a survey monkey. I will say the more anonymity that you can 
use, you're going to get, you're just going to get better answers. So I, I personally, and I've turned this off. So I'm like speaking out of school. If I say I do this, but I did this and it was incredibly effective after every single interaction I had. So any kind of like appointment that was set on my calendar, I would send a follow-up and that was automated. Hey, I very much hope that you got the most out of this. I would love to know if you felt like this was a successful exchange. I literally gave people links where they could leave me a review whether or not, like I, I have a lot of meetings that are just potential partnership meetings, or you should connect with this person meetings that like even they get the email. So firstly, I got a lot of reviews. It was great. But secondly, I got a lot of feedback. And especially just for that process in general, your people might not want automation. You might think automation is super gross and hands-off. That's again, to each their own. That is your cultural preference. Honing in on your values. I know I'm beating the value horse. I need to come up with a different analogy because this idea of like beating a dead horse, as my voice goes hoarse, whoa, (laughs) beating a dead horse is like not, it's not a pretty image, but your values are how you inculcate. It's one of my favorite SAT words. They are how you inject culture into every facet and corner and crevice and person, even every exchange in your business. You want someone to walk away feeling your values. I want my people to feel free and fun and adventurous and like they got the best. One of the things in this, like, I like this one-on-one, I am super distracted and it's, it's, it's becoming so prevalent that people that I've engaged with on a text message, people I've literally had three back and forths with are like, wow, I can tell you're really busy. Okay. Uh, when I do engage with that person, I want them to feel like they are the only thing in my experience that I am focused on. I want them to feel the best. They like, I want them to feel like they're the best. And that's not, I'm not like blowing sun, sunshine, sun signs, sun sign, sunshine up their skirts. It's, it's truly like this moment of pure connection where everything else does actually fall away. And when I let that really lead me, everything is so much easier, first of all, but that like, as my team grows and as my, my businesses grow, you know, I've, I've been in uh, like development projects now, which is a a, a new one for me. And, and they're, they are grinds. They are people that are so old school, old world business. They're so deadline oriented. Everything is about a dollar sign. I still, I still believe that, and I, and I get this feedback pretty consistently that we're having fun. (laughs) We're, we're trying some adventurous things. I am pushing them, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're skirting the knife's edge and actually enjoying it. So anyhow, I'm kind of going off on another tangent here. I feel like you're here for the tangents. I hope you fucking are because good Lord, if otherwise, like bless, bless it, bless you. So yeah, ask your people, ask for feedback, make that a regular thing. That's a really great way to just kind of get over the, the scariness of it. But last thing I want to say Bad feedback is quite literally the very best feedback. And as far as organizational cultures go, the organizations that succeed celebrate problems. They realize a problem is an opportunity to improve. Bad feedback. Firstly, if you can correct bad feedback, you are going to, you are going to transform a loyal customer. If you get a bad review, again, like the example I use with my friends, if you're able to respond to every single review on Google, you're just, you're just getting started. 
And if, if a one bad rating affects your overall ratings, again, this is just the beginning, my friend. When you can reach out to that person and comment into them, that is amazing marketing. That is your culture on mass. It's on a billboard for all to see. So don't, don't shy from customer, poor customer feedback or poor, poor feedback in general. Seek it out. The more you can get, the more you can either say, fuck that. This is me. Again, like I'm not telling you take the customer is always right. What I am saying is start to lean into some systems and some structures that can support you even on your worst day. And you will have bad days. Like I had my little emo day and I had a little tantrum and I was, I got told this isn't a real problem. <laughs> like you're having a problem and we're sorry. That's it. And it f- actually felt very, very reassuring. I think that actually kind of concludes everything I want to say. I don't need to keep jibber jabbering that we did it. We got here. The whole episode recorded this time. I think I actually got to say everything I wanted to say. There's so many times I like think about like the 18 other things that I wanted to say in an episode, but I also feel like 30 minutes is like the perfect time. So customer relationship management, it's a thing. Every, every single business owner. And I think every single human is trying to figure out like, how the fuck do we do this in a, in a society that feels like needs to be going 24 seven. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not here for that. Or maybe you are one of those like unicorns that have truly embraced web three and you just, you just go uh, for like 24, 48 hour sprints. And then you sleep for like 16 hours. That's cool, man. I'm yeah. You get to do you. This is that adage, like teach them how to treat you. I guess I'm asking you to take it one step further and start really thinking about the system. And this is, we talk a lot about this in like the people pleasers guide to building better boundaries. This is boundary setting. And the better you get at building and rebuilding these boundaries, the simpler this gets. And as annoying as like creating a script or like a bullet point touch point for the things that you want to discuss. Like I I can't tell you how many, how many fucking business owners that have a sales process (laughs) that wing it when somebody answers the phone, there's, there's no guidance. There's no reference point for what should happen next. When someone has a problem, same thing. When there is a conflict at the workplace, like all of this to me is, is relationship management. And what that really boils down to is expectations. And so the sooner you can spell out what those expectations are, how you want to meet them and when, the better customer relationship management you're going to have. Okay. Now I'm actually really done. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I love you. You know, I wouldn't do this without you. I would love to see you in the container. Yeah. I've got so many fun things rolling out. I'm really excited. The loop, best way to hear about them. I, I mean, in in intention, I'm sending it out once a week. That's kind of happening fortnightly, but it's fun. It's like I said, it's where I I share my yet fully formed thoughts, which if you're listening to this, I don't think that sounds like a nightmare to you, but there are plenty of people that would be like, hell no, I don't want PCs like baby, baby inspo. I want the fully formed tried and tested theory, but and okay, we're, we're done now. Bye.